0: This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five-on-three.
1: Welcome in. It's been a little while since Chris and I have been back here with you here on WFUV's five-on-three podcast, but I could not be happier to be right here talking with you right now. And Chris... Feels a little bit otherwise. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's been a very long time since we've talked some hockey, Jack, and in that time, uh, the Islanders have played, like, legitimately one of the worst teams in the National Hockey League, so uh, it's a rough time to be an Islander fan, but they're holding on for the eighth spot right now, holding on for dear life with uh, 15 big games coming up down the stretch here because it's going to be, I mean, last night felt like a dagger, man. It really did. Yeah. (laughs) Last night felt like a dagger. I uh, I mean that's where we're gonna start. So I'll just I'll just get it out of the way now. The Islanders go to Ottawa and they get they get handled. I mean I know they lose four three, but they got handled. There's no way they're gonna win that game. Third period they just didn't show any offensive offensive pump, and it starts with the it starts with the depth forwards, and they low they lose Casey Sezikis to a freak injury, one of three injuries they've had this season involving a cut to the skin of like a cut with a skate, which you don't usually see guys missing significant periods of time with that, and the Islanders have had three um and ever since then it's been straight downhill. Uh they he's missed 11 games and they've won two and they've beaten the Sharks and the Red Wings. So this has not been good. The two goals last or two, the two goals before it was 4-2 were Lee and Barzal and then Pulak scored with the empty net to make it 4-3 when the game was basically over. So it's not good. The Rangers are not, they're not even slowly creeping up anymore. They're here. Yeah. And they're going to pass a, the Islanders in a couple days here and I'm prepared for it at this point. I told you they were going to make the playoffs back in September, and you looked at me funny, and here we are. So,
1: yeah, I mean they've overachieved. I I still have concerns. You know, first of all, this is not a cup-winning team. The way they played are against the sure? Blues, the way they they played against the Flyers, they, right about the way the they way played way they the Bruins, against the Caps. Yeah, but the Caps are coming off of back-to-back. No, I know. But here's
0: my thing about you saying they're not a cup-winning team. Actually, I would agree with you that their depth forwards and their defense are not that of a cup-winning team. Without Kreider, they, they
1: really only have five guys. To and they the have, But
0: they have a goalie. And yeah. at the end of the day, if you have a goalie and guys who can put the puck in the back of the net with anybody in the league, of which you have two, that's a recipe to win a Stanley Cup. So, I look, there's nothing I want less in the entire world than the New York Rangers to win the Stanley Cup, and you know that better than almost anybody but you have like there's no way especially when you it's Shesterkin's coming back tomorrow. Yep. So you're going to be able to roll two goalies through the playoffs if necessary.
1: The Rangers have to win against New Jersey on Saturday because then you're you've got a big swing ahead of you. You're in Dallas, in Colorado, in Arizona. Granted, it's a week-long trip in 3 days, 3 games, so You'll have some time, but you're in Dallas, in Colorado, in Arizona. You know, you'd be lucky if you won two out of those three. Most likely, you're probably only taking one. Then a home and home with Pittsburgh, which you very well might split, but that's hard. The Sabres, which is a gimme. And then the Blue Jackets, the Capitals, the Lightning, the Panthers. I, I mean, that, it's those a, are. Wait, dude, it's wait do a, that
0: one again. Blue Jackets, Capitals, eight, Lightning, Blue Panthers. Blue Jackets,
1: Capitals, Lightning, Panthers, Flyers, Penguins. That's
0: six games against the top 10 teams in the Eastern Conference.
1: And they finish against the Blackhawks. Well, wow. you know. Six straight games mm-hmm.
0: against the top 10 teams in the East. That's
1: Right now, the the focus for the Rangers, we, we'll talk about last night a little more in depth for the Rangers and the Islanders. We'll get into more of the trade deadline stuff that we missed, but. Right now, to me, the focus for the Rangers is winning in New Jersey, and you have a chance to make the playoffs. And with so few games left, what, the Rangers played 67 games, so that's 15, 15. games. And the not the Panthers. I almost said the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Hurricanes <laughs> have two games on hand against the Rangers. So they're only one point behind them. They they In my eyes, the Panthers... Uh, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I just did it again. Because I see the Florida Panthers are right below the, <laughs> the Hurricanes Carolina in the standings, are right next so to it's, each other. it's actually really screwing me up. The Panthers are right there, but yes. the, the Florida Panthers, but the Carolina Hurricanes, in my eyes, are almost ahead of the Rangers in these standings because they've got two games in hand and are only one point behind the, the Rangers. The thing with the
0: Hurricanes, though, and maybe we'll talk e-bug if we have time, is they don't have an actual goalie right now because both Morazic and Reimer yep. are injured because if you remember the um, the whole situation... With um, the in Toronto on Hockey Night in Canada, and David Ayers obviously makes a name for himself, so they are playing two AHL goalies right now and not doing well with it. So yes, all other like if you take that out of it, maybe Carolina is you know ahead of them. But I really don't see a way where they can make a run without a real goalie. Now, look, it's possible that one of them comes back in time to to right the ship, but as of right now, uh, you can't really expect Carolina to get to get hot.
1: Well, last night it was basically the top six forwards only playing, and really it was like D'Angelo and Trubo were felt like we're on the ice half the game as the defensemen. And so. Fox and Lindgren were out there. And too. Fox and Lindgren was so you know, Kako's not really going to play all too much. You're going to put some of the development aside, and some of the Ranger, some Ranger fans are upset about that. But you know what? I think right now. There's a, there's a good chance the Rangers could lose, like, four of their next five games and be out of the playoffs. And then the last ten games of the there's season, you could put Kako on the top line and no one cares. No, I know. So, you know, you got New Jersey, and then you got a big couple of games coming up. So if that means Kako's got to play in the fourth line, he's got to play in the fourth line for a couple of games, and it's a tremendous experience for him. I mean, this is, this is his age 18 season, Chris. Yeah. He's a full year younger than you and I, so yeah. I'm— That's been a big topic of discussion as of late. I know Larry Brooks wrote a column on it. You know, Kako's been struggling a little bit. Some people say move him up to the top line, but he's he's 18 years old. So he's 18 years old. You see all the flashes. You see, there's nothing in the way he plays that tells you he can't be a superstar. Exactly, and... If he misses some ice time now, honestly, like so be it. I think again, it's it's fifteen games it's, we're talking about, and it might only be six or seven games where he's getting fourth line right, minutes. Back in October, we were yelling that he has to be
0: on the ice more. But now, honestly, I don't mind it at all because you're looking at Zabanejad and Panarin who are combining to be the number one duo in the league. Now, no, actually, McDavid and Dreisaitl are. I'm sorry, Connor McDavid, but the number one duo in the Eastern Conference right now, which they absolutely are. They're just winning games by themselves at this point.
1: Ryan Strom has low-key racked up some numbers, well, too. You're going to pull yeah. him up. But part of that is because he's Artemi Panarin has just gifted guys so much money this yes, this season. Just, the money that Strom's going to make, the money that's going to be added to Zabanajad's contract. Zabanajad's a free agent
0: in two years when he will be, I believe I saw, 27 or 28 years old. I think that they'll sign him to paid. an extension. They'll, that sign man, him. they'll extend I, him before that. I don't care when he gets paid. He's he getting, is going to get paid.
1: I mean, Ryan Strom has 59 points in 67 games. That's that's kind of crazy. That's very good. <laughs> Better than I ever did with the Island. Ryan Strom, but I mean, the Rangers are pretty much you're talking about Panarin, Zabanajad, D'Angelo. <laughs> and the, those are your all Joe well, no Kreider. That's, that's your offensive output and Strom. So you're going to have to ride those guys as hard as you can. Fox
0: and Lindgren have looked really good as a pair. They've been tremendous. They've, they've looked really good I've as a pair. Chesterkin's obviously, you know, been one of the top goalies in the league when he's played in those ten games. He's nine and one with a sub two five and an over ninety save percentage. Which, if you're gonna have any sort of game, any sort, any goalie with any sort of um, sample size with a sub two five and a, and a ninety plus, I think save he had three
1: shutout wins with more than forty saves. That's
0: insane. That is absolutely insane. And georgiev has been good when he has to play. My question is for this offseason, and we can get more into it over the summer and then later spring when the Rangers are uh, done with this season. Is what in the world is going to happen this off season with the goalies? Because I think we live in a time now in the NHL where you need almost need two goalies who can really who can win you a hockey game. The days of the seventy game goalie are essentially over in my yeah. opinion. So, Georgiev's a restricted free agent, and he's going to want to get paid. So do you trade him for assets, let Hank ride out his the last year of his deal, let him retire as a free agent and get a, a, a serviceable backup in for Shesterkin in 2021-2022? I mean, there's talk you of try Lundqvist retiring Lundqvist? this offseason. Do, uh, maybe he retires this offseason and you resign Georgiev because, honestly, that's probably the best situation for the team. The
1: thing with I don't think
0: Lundqvist thinks he's done. I don't think he, I, The Flyers game stunk, and I know it did. And look, I was grinning ear to ear watching it because the Rangers were losing, but
1: I don't think he thinks he's done. Who can, who can get into his mind? Nobody, that's the thing. But he's handled the way his role, I think... Tremendously, and at the same time, be. you look at the the annual value on his contract is eight and a half million, but he was getting paid like ten or twelve million a year. It's a it was a front loaded deal on paper. Now the cap hit is the same year by year, right. but on paper it was front loaded. He's only making like two million dollars on paper next year, but the cap's so- eight and a half. Yes, but if he retires, you know, he's not really losing that much money. He's already made almost the entire contract. Understood, understood. So that's the understanding is that he's not actually losing $8.5 million, He might only lose about $2 million on paper.
0: Got it. Okay, understood. That makes it a little bit easier. But still, it's not even the money thing. It's about does he think he's done? Does he think he can go to a team who can win a cup, At you know, at, whether it's after this year or after next <coughs> Excuse me. After this year or after next year uh, and, and – be a goalie on a team who could win a cup. I have no idea what he's thinking, obviously. That's why I'm here and he's there. But it's it's interesting. because he... We
1: can talk about the way that he's been stretched out by David Quinn. And, you know, I, I've i been a little critical of the way that the Rangers have, you know, balanced their goalies all season. That being said, when Chesterkin's in, he's your number one. That's Absolutely. unquestionable. Absolutely. But a lot of these gaps in Lundqvist playing – have been because of soreness and because of injuries. And he'll come back and, he, you know, it's not all been, well, let's bench Lundquist for three weeks. He'll come back. Well, the most recent one was. You'll hear that, okay, he, well, once they started rotating the three goalies, that yeah. was different. But before that, it was almost always because of soreness. And because, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's body is breaking down. Yeah. I really don't think he could be a starting goalie. And I, I thought he had two years left in the tank. Uh The opening night start... He he didn't look like his old self, but he still showed some glimpses of it. And I really thought that he could be a guy who could put something together and maybe help this Rangers team or another team in years future. But I think he's done. And, you know, I, I think Georgiev is probably gone this offseason. But I don't think Lundqvist is going to be the one returning either. I think you might see an andrej Pavlak-type guy come in and, you know, a subpar Backup come right. in and you know not a seventy game, but you might see a lot of starts from Chesterkin this right. next year.
0: And the thing is, he's twenty four years old, so his window is a little bit smaller than maybe you'd like it to be. This is Chesterkin. yeah. So he just turned twenty four. Just though. turned twenty four, so you know maybe maybe that's kind of part of it. I think the best case scenario for the Rangers is Hank retires at the end of this season. They're able to sign Georgiev to a somewhat team friendly contract, and they're able to roll those two uh, back and forth for, ne- for the next for. You know, the foreseeable future, honestly. Well, you've got the cap. It looks the, like the cap's going to skyrocket. Cap's going to go up. Cap's going to go up by 7 mil, apparently. So that's going to help them out in that situation. That helps Kreider, too, and we can talk about that in a minute. But helps you the out, the,
1: the whole balance of this cap, you're, I think priority number one is D'Angelo. I think the Rangers want to lock him down this offseason. He's an RFA. You know, you've got Lemieux in the balance a little bit. Um, Georgiev, I think, I don't know. It, it depends upon what he's asking. I, Yeah, that's true. And depending
0: on what he's asking, you might want another team to give that to him because then you're going to get three first-round picks for it. Yeah. So, I don't know. It will be very interesting to see what happens because three goalies is too many.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. And I think, you know, again, I'll sum up the Rangers right now. Take advantage of this fun. Take advantage of being in the mix right now. Everything's going right for the Rangers, it seems like. They have some flaws, but... In terms of this rebuild and in terms of this individual season, it's hard to really dig deep into it. Pretty much everything has gone the way that you could hope. I think they're setting themselves up really well for seasons to come. And, you know, even if that means a guy like Kako or a taking less minutes, you got to go all in right now. The development has got to subside for only this 10-game stretch. This, this, they have a little bit of 2017 Yankees vibes. They I say, do. I don't hope I mean, they get I, that far. I thought these. they were more the 2016 Yankees, a team that was going to play all their young guys and you know maybe come within a couple games near the end of the season. But but this, they're looking more like the 2017 yeah. Yankees. The 2016 Yankees were not that no, good. No, the, the 83 wins, I think. There was a time when they were maybe five games out of the wild card and everyone was freaking out. I mean, the Rangers are two points. That's one game. All, the they, all they need right is now.
0: Carolina to beat the Islanders on Saturday and <laughs> – there you go. It's gonna it's gonna happen because so, they're gonna beat New Jersey at the Garden, right? Well, hopefully. So all they need has for the Islanders not to be able to score an AHL goaltender, which at this point, if the Rangers they lose can't score to the me, Devils,
1: so. if the Rangers lose to the Devils at the Garden on Saturday, like like that would be devastating. That'd be very nice because either way, you're either gonna get leapfrogged by Carolina or fall. You're gonna be two extra points lower than the Islanders. So yeah, you know. That's true. Is Th- this is the this is about as much of a must win every single game is, but this is this is gonna be a big one on Saturday. It but is. one guy who they're missing, I think. We can talk about the top six carrying the team, but Chris Kreider was a huge part of that. And before last night, the Rangers even strength were really, really struggling. And even last night it was Abanajad kind of carrying the team yeah. on his own. And you saw he, that top line even They were playing pretty much even (laughs) on the plus-minus. You're missing Kreider's tenacity. You're missing his ferocity in front. You're missing his two-way ability, his leadership. There's a lot that Kreider brings to the table that I think has really proved his value, how much the Rangers, I think, have missed him since he's left. And I I don't think you were going to get, for a first-round pick, you were not going to get someone who was going to be equivalent to Kreider. Right. And my number one take when they signed him to this extension was, the extra year's worth it because you're getting him at a at a heavy discount. Yes, a I would less agree than with six that. Six million a year. I would agree with that. A heavy discount compared to what he was going to get on the open market, and now you're talking about the cap going up seven, eight million dollars. That's just this year. We've got an expansion team coming in. We've got. By the way, new TV rights deal, which is going to be huge in about two years, new CBA coming up. I mean, the cap is going to continue to blow up. That six six million dollars is not going to be anything, yeah, uh, seven years
0: from now, hundred percent. And it was an absolute steal for the Rangers. It was a great move. Uh, I look, we don't, we aren't Jeff Court and John Davidson, so we don't know if they shopped them around. I would imagine they shopped them around, and said, you know what, we want to keep Chris Kreider, and. That That's the right decision to make I wouldn't be surprised if he's named the captain This off season of the team I assume you want that as well
1: Yeah, I think yeah. there's been there's been talk about Zibanejad I think it would have been his if he traded Kreider But, you know, especially last night I was in that locker room And I love Zibanejad, one of my favorite players But, oh, and I think he's a terrific leader But he he, he He's not Chris Kreider in the locker room yeah. I think that's He was frazzled He didn't really want to talk to the media yeah. He was speechless You know, I was got his audio on my phone and couldn't hear anything because he was mumbling so much. Like, mm. He's a very reserved guy, but I think Kreider has a bit more of that presence. He's been with the Rangers longer. He's been in some bigger moments than Zibanejad. Um Kreider's the guy for the captain. He's the ideal captain. Yeah, so they got him for an absolute steal, and
0: it was a great move by Davidson, and it shows that when you are a franchise, and I'm going to make fun of the Islanders here, of course, when you're a franchise who knows what you're doing, when the star player is coming up on a deal, you figure it out by the trade deadline. And the Islanders obviously didn't do that, and that's why their best player is playing in Toronto right now. But
1: it's okay. Well, what do you think about their trade deadline, though?
0: The Islanders trade deadline, the two moves were filled to needs. Um, once Pellick got hurt, they needed to solidify that blue line. Noah Dobson is going to be a great player in this league, I have no doubt, but he's not ready to play on a playoff team right now at 20 years old. Um, so I like the Andy Green trade. They didn't give up a lot. And as for Padjo, I mean, I've sat in this chair and that chair over there, and Screamed about, you know, them needing to get a score for two years now, and they finally did. And he showed it in the first two games he played. He scored two goals, and he's been good on the power play, and he's helped the power play a lot. Honestly, they've been a little bit better over the last four games when they were terrible for two weeks before that. So I love the Padjo deal. A first and a you You're sec- okay
1: with his extension?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said, I mean, it's $5 million a year, which is going to be literally nothing in yeah. about six weeks when yeah. the cap goes up. So. I was fine with it before the cap was going to go up, and now I'm more than fine with it because now the, the extension just didn't happen because the cap's going to go up by five seven five to $7 million. So, yeah, it wipes it off. <laughs> wipes it off. So I like it a lot. I think when Zizekas gets back, your four centers are about as good as they can be right now. When you go Barzal and Nelson, Paggio, Zizekas down the middle, I think that's really solid offensively and defensively. Um the price is the price you know if you're going to trade for a guy who's going to uh, presumably help you take take go to a Stanley Cup you're going to have to pay and i i i know cuz i am on twitter that there are people who are complaining about the pick about the picks that were traded first and a second what are we doing here
1: i mean come you, on you it was the same thing with the rangers if you trade Kreider, you're in a you're in a perpetual rebuild at some point you got to lock your guys down exactly. you got to build that core the thing is like
0: the Islanders have missed. I don't want to say missed. The Islanders have so many prospects in their system yeah. who are being maldeveloped by the awful Bridgeport Sound Tigers. That's a different rant that I can go yeah. on that <laughs> I think would be sage for just an Islanders podcast only listened to by psychopaths because Brent Thompson is terrible at his job and there's no development in Bridgeport, but that's a whole nother story. They're the worst team in the league, by the way. Um, but you have guys, you know, whether it be Bellows, Wallstrom, Simone Holstrom... Bold, wild. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Guys who other teams don't necessarily think highly of. So now you're gonna, if you make the playoffs, you're gonna have a pick below, you know, sixteen. If you miss the playoffs, you're not gonna win the lottery. So you're gonna have basically you're gonna have a pick between twelve and eighteen at this point. So we're just gonna draft another guy like that who's not gonna play on this team for four years. I don't, I don't feel like I'm missing anything with this. And it, you know, it's top three protected. So if they miss the playoffs and they get lucky, hey, we still have the pick. Yep. So I. To me, this is a very small price to pay. I was willing to give up at least two of those prospects to get Chris Kreider, and they gave up zero of those prospects to get the number two guy on the market. So I have no problem with the price. I love the guy that they got. Yeah, lo- if you're
1: an Islander fan, you probably want Pat Joe because you don't want any prospect or pick to go to the Rangers and then blow it up the same way that uh, the Rangers not want Kreider to be a franchise right. Islander.
0: Right, exactly. So... My like my thing is the Islanders have so many prospects that are being maldeveloped. I just don't need another one. I, I can't hear about like guys bouncing between the ECHL and AHL because they can't score. At you got to wait three
1: anymore. years for them
0: to make it's any like, sort of impact. This. Like this team is not going to be. I, I'm going to say it right now. This team isn't going to be good in three years. Yeah, There's that's not, fair. They're not going to be good. The way it's constructed, they're not going to be good in three years. So, um, I don't want to wait that long to. To have a guy in that third center line who can score, and they've tried a zillion different people there, and they haven't gotten it. So, I'm perfectly okay with with giving up a first round pick for a first and a second for JG Pajo And it was listed as first, second, and a third. The third they give up only if they win the Stanley Cup. The yeah. Islanders cannot draft a single player for ten years if they win the Stanley Cup. I don't care. So, a third round pick if they win the Stanley Cup, fine. Yeah. So that, that 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 that's my uh, JG Pajo trade breakdown for you.
1: Well, I think both teams. It's pretty interesting because both the Islanders and the Rangers, they're locking down their core. I mean, you're you're seeing you're seeing what the next six years of these teams could look like. I think Zabanajad, you know, he's a free agent in like two years. He's not going anywhere. So with the Rangers, you look at Truba, Panarin, Zabanajad. I think they'll lock down. Uh, D'Angelo, you see Kako, you see Shasturkin. you got the core of the team right there, and the Islanders locked half the guys. Right, they uh, got, half the team down over the summer. Yeah,
0: Lee, Nelson, and Eberle this summer. Barzal's coming up. Pulak's coming up soon. Taves is
1: coming up soon. So I know Barzal's not going anywhere. Taves are you probably... Sure? Well... I'm not sure of anything anymore,
0: and I think that's No one okay. thought
1: Tavares was going anywhere, or they thought they were going to trade him for <laughs> So... Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be sure of anything. <laughs> yeah. I look. I have a Matt Barzal jersey in my closet.
0: My brother has a fat head on his wall. This is. I we can't lose this guy again. We've we've hit on like two draft picks since like 1985. We can't lose them both. So like, I, I just, I, I'm so afraid. I'm. So, I don't think he's going. I really don't because he's an RFA. I'm afraid of the two year bridge deal that gets him to a free well, agency yeah, at 25. It would be. It would be it would... I'm, I'm really afraid of that. What I'm. I'm not afraid of him not being on the team next year. What I'm afraid of is he's going to sign the two-year bridge deal, just like Patrick line did this off-season. He's going to get, you know, whatever it is, $6 million the next two years. Then he's going to be 24 years old, coming off of five straight 80-point seasons, five four straight All-Star games, and the best player on his team every year he's on the team, and somebody's going to pay him $15 million. That's what I'm afraid of.
1: If he's no. worth, I mean, fifteen million is a lot. No, I, but, <laughs> I made up a number, but he's but not, yeah, Who knows? He's I mean, fifteen million might be within the realm with this who knows? cap. Who knows? We'll but see. This cap is huge. I mean, yeah, I mean, seven million dollars is a lot of dollars. This this is this it saved the Rangers and the Islanders. Yeah, it saved, I mean, this it saves the Islanders. Team. The gives the Islanders the opportunity to re-sign Barzal. Probably. I mean, I think that they were Well, no, who it doesn't help are teams who don't have guys locked down in current deals. Because if they have guys who become exposed within the next two or three years, the cap goes up, but the salaries are going to go up too. So if you're a team who has guys signed to pre-cap spike contracts, they're locked in. So the cap will go up, but obviously their salaries will stay the same.
0: Right. So... I don't know, I think it helps the Islanders a lot because you can look at it any way possible. You go, oh, like, J.G. Padgett's on the team, but according to the books, he's not. Or, like, yeah. Andrews Lee is not getting paid. You can look at it wherever way you want to look
1: at it. But I would and say it hurts the Devils in the sense because they don't really have...
0: Well, he sure is locked down.
1: But who, and, but... <laughs> who else? I mean, he was a still an hour rookie deal. deal. It helps, it helps the, the, the Subban deal, but, like... Yeah, we're. That's probably the only time we're going to touch on the Devils. Well,
0: I mean, they traded Wayne Simmons for a fifth round pick to Buffalo. They traded Blake Coleman. They got a really nice return for Blake Coleman. That's no, true. Nolan Foot's a really solid prospect, and they got um, a first round pick out of that. So that's, they got essentially two first round picks. That's that's a really solid return. Andy Green for a second, and David Quenville, who's another one of the Islanders prospects who wasn't doing anything, and that's about it. So, yeah, I mean that they're still stuck in that rebuild a little bit. So, but. It's all right. All right,
1: Chris, let's play a game. I like games. If you had to pick your playoff teams right now, let's oh just why don't we just focus on the East. Okay. Your Eastern Conference playoff teams to give everyone a refresher right now in the Metro, Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh, in the Atlantic, Boston, Tampa, Toronto, of course. And the wild card, it's Columbus and the Islanders. Columbus with seventy nine points, the Islanders seventy eight points, and the Rangers are in third seventy-six. Carolina behind them with 75, Florida behind them with 74, Montreal 71. So, let's go through our divisions and our wild cards. All right, so we got 10 teams for eight spots. (sighs) The two
0: teams that are going to miss it. Really, 11 teams. I'm not counting Florida. I don't think Florida's good enough to.
1: You're counting out Florida? I'm counting out Florida.
0: I'm just counting. counting Fine, 11 teams. Florida's Florida's, (laughs) Florida's one of the three. They're only four points out of the three. Florida's one of the three. Um I'll go Columbus and Carolina. Florida Columbus two wild No, for Florida, Columbus and Carolina will be the three teams that miss it out of those 5. So I'll go Washington against the Islanders, Boston against the Rangers. So you're
1: saying Rangers and Islanders are the two Correct. wild cards so and I'll the go, divisions stay the same.
0: I think Philly's going to win the met. So it'll be Philly against the Islanders. Washington against Pittsburgh. Boston against the Rangers,
1: Tampa against Toronto. That I mean it's not only about getting in but the placement is Philly's a much better draw than
0: Boston. Yeah. Significantly better. <laughs> the draw Rangers than
1: and the Islanders, I think either of those teams are probably going to get blown out by Boston in the first round. I also think that either of those teams could very well take down Philly in the first Absolutely. round. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the Flyers are they're riding a hot streak right now, and that always helps going into the playoffs. But, man, I do not think the Flyers are really that good.
0: They're hot right now, though. That's the thing. They're hot, so, and they got a good but, goalie.
1: But does that translate? Because I think, I think— It's translated for St. Louis. Yeah, but sometimes I think you almost peak too early. Maybe. Like the, what, Maybe. Yeah, the, the, the Flyers are peaking, but they're on they're on an eight-game winning streak. I mean, at some point you're going to lose a couple games. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. No, it's interesting. I don't think the Flyers are that good. I didn't think the Blues were that. Well, yeah, I think that, the, that's la- what it is. Last year's Blues were better than this Flyers team. They had a lot of depth, a lot of physicality. Yeah. They were the most physical team in the league.
0: Kevin Hayes has been really good for the Flyers. We we killed it's that true. contract. He's been really good. All right, what's your what are your three that miss it?
1: Well, I think Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh are definitely make it. The three Atlantic teams, it's fine. Uh, this Rangers schedule, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> and uh, I'll I'll pull the Rangers out. You know, are we positive on the timetable for Mrazik?
0: I'm not positive on anything. I can look up, <laughs> I can look it up for you, but I honestly not heard anything. Mrazik has a concussion. It was Reimer who like pulled something. So that, okay, five
1: th- hours ago, Mrazik drawing close to return. I mean, Mrazik is not really the guy who you love, right? I think I thought Reimer was out for a longer time. Probably. I mean that that's
0: absolutely something that you have to look at though, because you know David Ayers, as great as he was, he's not a playing goalie for them anymore. But like they're not going to get that magic every night, you know. The a- I kind of,
1: I kind of, uh, I don't know. Florida, they've always underachieved, man. And this seems like the one year where they're finally the Panthers together. the Hurricanes. Together. Florida, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um... <laughs> But the Hurricanes actually fit that bill, too, although they overachieved last year. year. I don't think Columbus is that good. If I was picking on paper the two best teams, it would be the Islanders and the Hurricanes. Okay. I like it. What's the Islanders' schedule coming up, though? They're going out west, too. I, I would pick the Rangers to make the playoffs, but going out west and facing, except for they have... Blackhawks and the Sabres, and the Devils, in 15 games, they have three wins right there. The other 12 games are all against top teams.
0: The Islanders go out west. They play Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary.
1: Yeah, the Islanders, I mean, part of it is just because the East is so tough. Right. I mean, they've got, they play the Habs.
0: Again? They play the Islanders. They
1: play the Wild, or the the Blackhawks, rather. They play the Wild. They play the Devils twice, actually. Um... Their schedule is slightly easier than the Rangers, but it's they both have tough draws, and that's just because these Metropolitan Division, the, the schedule, the way that they're aligned with the West Coast swing and how tough the division is, there's not really any gimmies. The only gimmies in the NHL, I would say, are any team below Buffalo in the East, and really... Just should,
0: the California teams. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the Islander schedule. It, <clears throat> excuse me. If you count Carolina as a playoff team, which I do because they are a very good team that's on the brink of the playoffs. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games against playoff teams coming up Carolina, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Pittsburgh, Calgary, Toronto. Then they have New Jersey. Then they go Carolina, Philly. Then they go Buffalo, Montreal, Columbus, Minnesota, Chicago, New Jersey. So they end pretty easy. Minnesota has been good recently. But they end with like only one playoff team in their last five games. So, if they're able to to kind of put it together, then maybe they'll they can sneak in. But the thing is, they can't score right now. Yeah. So you're really telling me that we're going to go out west in five days, and the team's going to be different against Vancouver than they have been against Montreal and Ottawa in the last two games? Because it'll be worse. <laughs> they might be. Yeah, exactly. It might be worse. Last time they went out west, uh, last time they went on a road trip, it was out west and they scored two goals in four games.
1: Yeah, that's so. Well, I think what this builds off of, I think it's a good final topic. It was something Chris and I were talking about yesterday. Things you would change in hockey in terms of more of how the season goes. So, what I said, I like the time when it starts that, you know, between, say, October 6th and 10th, around that second week of October, I think it's perfect. Stanley Cup. We said this last year. Said it this year. Should not be up against the NBA Finals in any way. It shouldn't really be up against the latter at part of the NBA Conference Finals. Also, hockey in June feels really weird to me. Even though it's been that way my whole life, it always feels no, like I it's agree. too long. I agree. I think it should be done by Memorial Day. So, you know, also this year, and it's pretty much happens every year. We talked about it all October, November, because it was all we had to talk about was the fact that the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils. Went on stretches where they were playing, like, two games in three weeks for no reason. So there was talk, would you take away the bye week? I think the bye week's fine. It's great. Keep the bye week. I would take out two preseason games. And
0: bump it up a little bit.
1: Bump it up, like, maybe only three three days. Like, start, like, October 2nd, October 1st. And then... I would, I would make sure that there's no nothing more than like a three game gap in your schedule, like right. at any point in the season.
0: Because the other thing, it it doesn't bother me that the Islanders are three days off in a row in October. I don't really care about that. What I care about is that now we're in March, and they don't have two days off in a row for the rest of the season. Well, yeah,
1: it shows that it's screwed up because the Rangers after the All Star break, I think, only have two periods of time where they have more than one and game off. And they went, and they were and the they, ones who had two games in ten days. So it's just no, no. They went, they went one game in twelve days. One game in twelve days, and then one game in ten days.
0: <laughs> it was two games in a row. Was, I don't know. It, it's there's a lot of weird things with schedule. It's
1: all about scheduling and TV. Yeah, and that early, that that has to go. I don't care what it is. So, no, I, know. I n- know. And it happens to all the teams. It's the way the ske- It's clear that there's balancing issues in the schedule. It's it's really dumb. I don't know what the NHL is doing, but that's such an easy way to build anticipation and to to clean things up. You can cut probably 10 days off the end of the season right? by shaving that down, condensing it, because you can make playing every other night work. You can somehow make it work after right. the All-Star
0: with, game. With a 13-day All-Star break, which oh, they don't have, it's like a 10-day All-Star break they have now. Somehow between so, February
1: and April, you can make teams play every other game, but in October, you, you know, it doesn't right. work. I don't get how that works. So, look... That's one thing the NHL's got to fix. I would cut off like two or three preseason games. I, re- I
0: really think the football is a part of it, though. I really think they want, they're trying to keep as many games off of Thursdays and Sundays as possible. I think that's part. Yeah, of it. Yeah, we
1: talked about it, and that's fine. I but think that's that doesn't part mean of you it. should be off for a week. No, I Rangers. know. No, I know. So it. I think I think that's one, and it's October hockey. I mean, do you really you're gonna people who are gonna watch the Islanders or the Rangers in October probably doesn't really matter. Like exactly, unless. I get not wanting to go at 1 o'clock on a Sunday. In any right. other scenario, <laughs> y- your audience is your audience. It's not going to change for right. October hockey. That's fair. That's fair
0: as well. Um, the one thing I'm very glad that they didn't change at the Board of Governors meetings, and I texted you, I think every single time Pierre Lebrun tweeted about this, I texted it to you.
1: Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Is the
0: emergency backup goalie situation. That would
1: have been ridiculous. Uh,
0: so for those who have been living under a rock, on Hockey Night in Canada about three weeks ago, David Ayers made a name for himself. He's a 42-year-old Zamboni driver of the Toronto Marlies. And he is the e-bug, emergency backup goalie, for the Maple Leafs. And he gets into the game where Morazic and Reimer get hurt for the Hurricanes. And he shuts down. He doesn't really shut down. He gave up two goals and three shots, then shut down the Maple Leafs. The Hurricanes win the game. They played unbelievable defense. If you're a hockey nerd, go back and watch the third period of this game because, like, this defense that Carolina played was Unbelievable. But he made a lot of really good saves. And then the Board of Governors meetings is two weeks later. And all the tweets out of Can- like the Canadian media outlets are like, oh, maybe they'll change the e-bug rule. Cause they-. Shut up. Yeah, if the Maple won- are How
1: is it How it's embarrassing. embarrassing? It's fun. We like to have fun it's when we play hockey. It's embarrassing for you because you're not good. Because you You sink. Play- and you could do it. You could. You got two goals past him in three shots. Why couldn't you do that the rest of the game? When Tavares walks up up on the slot,
0: you know he's got his, he's coming up over the the right circle with his left shot, so his pucks right in the slot. He's eyeing down David Ayers. I it was I shivered because I was like, "There's no way this guy stops his puck." I feel so bad for him that he goes in, and then all of a sudden he fixes it like. Carolina played great defense. That should be a war. They they knew they had a liability in goal, and they played great defense and won the game because Toronto stinks. And you know why Toronto lost that game, Jack? It's not because they couldn't score on David Ayers, because they did score. They scored two goals. It's because their defense and their goaltending stinks. It's awful. They let up goals to Carolina when all they had to do was take the puck and fling it down the ice, and if it went on net, it might have gone in the goal. All they had to do was just put the puck on the net, and there was a 50-50 shot that was going in, and they were so bad defensively, they couldn't get any offensive possession in the third period. And when they got offensive possession, Carolina played great defense. I don't want to take that away from them. But if they're able to play defense in the first five minutes of that third period, they don't give up the goal, make it 6-3, and put the game out of reach. So Toronto isn't good, and that or they're not as good as they're made out to be, and I was. I, I, everybody knows I hate the Maple Leafs. So that really just irked me. That's all, and I know you're on my side on that one. And I think yeah, most I think people in were.
1: eliminating the the uh, the emergency goalie. It happens. It's extremely fun. It makes hockey the biggest story in sports for a couple days. Happens only every three or four years, and. I would. The only reason I would say you should disallow it is if these guys were giving up eight goals every time they came in, right. which they don't,
0: because that would be embarrassing. They don't. The only two times they've come in for a significant period of time, Scott Foster made that save against Patrick Lainey, that went like, super viral, and because Patrick Lainey walks in on him and he just squares him up and saves it. And then David Ayers g- goes to scoreless third
1: period against the Maple Leafs. And you can't you can't carry three goalies unless you're the Rangers. You can't carry three goalies. No, you can't. I mean that even with the Rangers is unheard. of. They don't of. carry three goalies though. Like they do carry them, but like even. But having what, three goalies travel, having a third goalie travel with the team, having the a way third way goalie put on have. pads is what. Yeah. Because, well,
0: I guess maybe they make a rule where if you can put a third goalie in the box, and if something happens, you can dress them. You
1: run down, and they dress up. So. Right. When Georgiev is sitting in the press box and runs down, you know, right? The, you can't do that. The, these teams can't do that.
0: I don't think so. I I I like the e bug rule mainly because it never happens, and when it happens, it's fun. I happened to be watching the Carolina-Toronto game live when it happened, and it was very exciting. Um, you know, when it, I mean, it's not exciting when people get hurt, but it was exciting when the third period was going along and he started to get more comfortable, and it was like, wow, this guy's like this guy can really play and it was a lot of fun and i don't know if if you haven't seen rob Brindamore's uh, post game speech i definitely recommend seeking
1: that out the hurricanes posted
0: it on twitter it is fantastic
1: right so keep keep the emergency goalie uh we can beat this like a dead horse the scheduling it's, thing it's, yeah, it's well it's the is also the conference it should be one oh yeah one, seating. 1 through 8 it, yeah
0: but uh, they want to think... play up divisional play, and that's the way they decided to do it. And that's not going to get changed to the CBA if the players want to change it. Which I don't really think that
1: they. I care. think Toronto. Toronto's the, only the one who are team be who upset to upset about
0: it. it. Toronto's the one team who's gotten screwed out of this multiple times.
1: I yeah. think the Metro. I mean, it doesn't even matter because the Metro teams are going to be in the wild card. So right. That's... There was the one the year that the Islanders played
0: against Florida. I want to see if I can remember this correctly. They were the number one wild card team. And Florida was actually worse than the Islanders that year. They had less points. They yeah, won the Atlantic Division that. with less points than the Islanders. And the Islanders, I don't, I'm not saying that they threw the game, but they lost one of the last games of the season so that Pittsburgh, I believe it was Pittsburgh, would jump them. Or maybe it was somebody else in Pittsburgh who won the division. I don't know what it was. But they let somebody jump them in the standings. And so they got so then they played Florida.
1: Yeah, I remember that. That
0: was just a weird thing that happened. And, like, that really shouldn't happen. Like, the like you really, like, that was kind of weird. I don't know. Uh, the Islanders won the series, and it was the only time I had seen them win a playoff series, so it was fun. But, like, that it just left a weird feeling. It was like, why? why I think they let like, the Caps jump them. It goes Caps-Flyers, right? I think they let the Flyers jump them, and they played the Caps. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Because that was... And then the Caps rolled over.
1: That was Rangers-Penguins in the first round, and the Rangers limped into the playoffs and got blown out. Because the Rangers were a wild
0: card. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's just very very weird system that I don't know if I mean, I'm not gonna say it doesn't work, but I think it would be very, very fun the other way around. And I think that it will be when it, it when it gets changed, I do think it will get changed eventually. We're gonna look back on last playoffs and realize that we were robbed out of the number five Toronto Maple Leafs playing against the number four New York Islanders in the first round. It's true. And I think that, that <laughs> I think that will hurt for I think I think that's a, a good while. place to leave things
1: off. <laughs> it's good to be back, Chris. It is. It is. We'll try to be back on, you know, we won't wait three months next time. I don't know when we'll figure it out, but great to be back with you on WFUV Sports for Chris Henderson. I'm Jack Caldwell on five on three.